0: From the press box, right here on the AHL Report, I am your host, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, Amy Johnson, and I am joined every week by the one and only, my fabulous co-host. Could not do this without him, uh, the our editor in chief and the founder and president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens, who's here with us today. I Are, am thrilled to
1: be here this afternoon. Is or it, this evening or this morning where where uh because you know you could be listening on demand, not not necessarily live, so uh wherever right. you're listening, I'm happy to be there. <laughs>
0: That's good. Uh it's uh it's a little cold out today.
1: Everywhere. It's frigid everywhere. Um I look oh, yesterday <laughs> where I used to reside in uh, lovely Winnipeg, Manitoba, had an afternoon wind chill of about a minus 47. I remember all days. Don't let them, t- <laughs> the locals always say, well, it's a dry cold. Well, once it gets to minus 40, it's minus 40. It has nothing to do with being that dry cold.
0: And so, uh, yeah, I, I would believe that. Well, it's, it's funny to me. I shouldn't say it's funny. I mean, it's. Um, the temperatures, especially in in the Midwest and and the Northeast, I mean it's it's cold here in Pennsylvania. It's certainly cold. It's down in the single digits, and the wind wind is much lower than that. Um, but there's some very serious temperatures in in the Midwest and and Upper Northeast and so forth. So those aren't necessarily a laughing matter. But it, what's funny to me is just watching like the American media reaction to. <gasps> the polar vortex and i'm thinking don't canadians deal with this like every day like why why is this such a big deal (laughs) like it's cold yes there are precautions you need to take yes look to our neighbors to the north who deal with this all the time for some tips maybe
1: well i remember being in winnipeg when um it was and again it's celsius temperatures but um when it was, uh, I think it was 21 straight days where the overnight low was below minus 30 and the daytime high didn't get above minus 20. So uh, it's a couple of days I'm sure uh, everybody can put up with it. I Yeah, I think so. And stay inside and dress warm and be smart. That's all. Just be smart about it. Dress, be smart about it. Thing.
0: Stay warm. Hey, you know, have some... Have some coffee, have some tea, have some hot chocolate, add a little something extra to it if you want, if that warms you up even more. Hey, why not? Uh, (laughs) um, But aside from all of that, uh, we've got a big show on tap today. I'll give you a quick little rundown here of what you can expect from us today before we see what else is happening in the sports world before we dive in. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about the Laval Rocket, of course. Uh, we were with the team for the last two games uh, of this past road trip of theirs last weekend in Lehigh Valley and in Hershey. Uh, so Rick and I have lots of great insight to to talk about uh, breaking down both the results of those two games. Uh, and we had uh, plenty of exclusive one-on-one interviews after both of those games, both with uh, Coach Joel Bouchard, as well as a number of uh, Laval Rocket players. Uh, so we're going to talk about how, how those games went, let you listen to some of our audio from some of those interviews, uh, and and talk about how things are going with the Rocket. Uh, in addition, there's uh, some interesting information happening with with uh, one-player um, who was recently sent down to the ECHL from the rocket. We're going to talk about uh, Michael Moravchik a little bit. And we're also going to take a sneak, like a little little peek into the Lehigh Valley Phantoms where they've had some roster movement going on uh, in and around the all-star breaks. um, And uh, what implications that might have. Then we're going to go around the AHL in uh, our second segment. Of course, uh, we are coming to you today because we were in Springfield, Rick and I, after it was, you know, the Rocket Sports Media team logged a lot of miles this weekend. We were, of course, in Lehigh Valley, in Hershey, and then we headed to Springfield, Massachusetts to be on site uh, for all of the AHL All-Star Classic uh, weekend festivities and activities. So we'll have a recap of, of that weekend and uh, and in addition, and including, included in that is, you know, the things you may have seen on TV, the Skills Challenge and, and the All-Star Challenge. But then there was also uh, the State of the League address, which we attended, as well as the 2019 AHL Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So we're going to talk about both of those events as well before we wrap things up today in our final segment by giving you a little peek at what, uh, what's in, on tap for the week ahead as far as hockey coverage
1: the the all-star uh, weekend um first the NHL and then the AHL as i've said before i i kind of prefer the AHL um i think it's just more of a intriguing kind of event and plus the other things that you mentioned it was fabulous it was fabulous to mm-hmm. be there um you know in person and uh but i am, i don't know if you can tell i'm a little bit under the weather uh to oh, no. today um yeah um you know that guy? You know that guy? Um I met that guy um at the All-Star uh events who said, "You know what? I hey, I I have been sick as a dog for 48 hours, but uh it's my first All-Star game so I didn't want to miss it." Yeah, well, that mm. guy sat next to me all weekend and
0: um Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Mhm. That's fun. Uh-huh. So That's you just great. You know,
1: Thanks. Thanks for coming. The gift
0: that keeps on giving.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, Thank you for coming. But I'm going to power through this. And you know what? In in part because of our listeners, power throughs, I I got, uh, while we were in Springfield, got a um, flash message from one of our loyal listeners, Kathy, who Mm -hmm. said, um, I know you're busy. I know you're at the All-Star Activities, but just needed to let you know, that it's National Bubble Wrap Day. Really? She was right on top of it. Yeah. Look at that. Who doesn't like National Bubble Wrap Day?
0: Well, yeah. And the the fun part of popping bubble wrap is if you get a variety of sizes of bubble wrap, you know, because there's the teeny tiny bubbles that are like, they just like little tiny pops, and then there's big gigantic bubbles. That those are the fun ones to like walk on. Hmm. Well, today it's not National
1: Bubble Wrap Day, but it's National. What do we got here? National Croissant Day. I think that's every day in Quebec is National Croissant Probably. Day. Probably. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's not 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 a very exciting week. Tomorrow, National Backwards Day. <laughs> So you're I, supposed I, to I, a lot of, like put your shirt on backwards, or or have dessert for breakfast, or I, I don't I don't really know what how you celebrate, but
0: yeah, that's tomorrow. We'll, that. we'll go with that. We'll okay. go with that because I think there's a lot of people out there who live every day in backwards day. But <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I'm tired, people. <laughs> it's been a long weekend, so it's gonna be one of those days. This the the, the dry sarcasm, I think, will be out in full force today. So, na, so have. national, what? Oh yeah, I know you've, yeah, I know you've got something else good coming.
1: Uh, uh, coming up, well, it's just Groundhog Day. I mean, you can't miss well, that on Saturday.
0: It's Punxsutawney. Why are you doing Willie? I live in the state of Punxsutawneyville.
1: Yeah, the best, best Bill Murray movie Well, okay, the
0: not the best but the second best Bill Murray movie ever made is about Punks and Phil.
1: Yeah, it's a great movie. Stripes I is better, a, but
0: Groundhog Day. Well, good. I, I said second best because I knew that you were gonna contend that one. Mm-hmm. So it is Groundhog Day on Saturday. Let me tell you what, after a day like today. There better not be any, I see it takes more weeks of winter business because he's going to have to run and hide if he does that. But you know what the day after that is?
1: It is um, Super Bowl
0: Sunday. It is. So So who you got? You got the Rams or you got the Patriots?
1: I don't like the Patriots.
0: Well, neither do I. So, do, but, I don't but that like,
1: doesn't. I, truth be told, I don't like any. <laughs> I don't like any Boston team. I don't. Well, I don't like the no. Red
0: Sox. I don't like
1: the Celtics, and can't stand the Bruins. A little aside. Um, we we were in Springfield, Springfield, Massachusetts. There's a Springfield in like every one of your states. Is, is there pretty not? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It,
0: pretty much. It was. Uh, was a big bone of yeah.
1: Yeah, this was Springfield, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, so plenty of Bruins fans there. Plenty. 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 Um, And which is tough for someone who's, you know, been um, a Canadians fan all mm-hmm. life and, and kept running into. them. So I, you know, you kind of you, you, you take a look at these people and you kind of gauge how how they're going to react to you. And so Mm I, I happened to casually mention Canadians and for the most part, for the most part. Now, if you did this on Twitter, you would get massacred, right? But how different it is just a, you know, sociological experiment, how different it is in person. Um, Yeah. Because on, I was on an elevator with a bunch of Bruins fans (laughs) Uh, oh, the only Canadian fan on the elevator, and I—I I said something. They were nice. They were super nice. Really nice. Really. Um, I—I was—I was in the the um, the the media room, um, having the media meal. Uh, right across from me, a guy with a Bruins jacket on. Um, and, you know, ventured into a conversation. Well, it turns out, um. That when he was 10 years old, he was up to Montreal to attend the Henri Richard hockey school uh, in Laval. Uh, Whoa. Couldn't remember the name of the ring, but, but he said, yeah, that that a number of the member members of, of, of the Canadians at that time uh, were part of Henri Richard's hockey, hockey school. Um, And yeah, we had a great conversation. He was a Bruins fan. Um, So, uh, my my tip of my cap to um you know ho- i always say hockey is a small kind of community and that that uh people outside of outside of you know that that rivalry that competition the silliness on twitter can be decent people can talk about hockey can appreciate the rivalry um, but still be you know um still be nice to each other it was great. It was really on this this um, w- on this Let's Talk Day when we're talking about having conversations. It is possible to have a conversation with uh, a fan from a rival team. Well, that's good. That's my I'm little glad... aside. I didn't plan to talk about this, but it it just kind of came to mind.
0: Just kind of came. That, well, I'm and I'm glad that there, you didn't start any gigantic rivalry wars Brawl. while in Springfield. Yeah. No. There yeah. was no that, would be, no that would be bad. So I so we should suppose that you're not rooting for the Patriots that on Sunday.
1: No. No, no I'm not. Rams. Now, we'll,
0: that well that was going to be my next question. Are you rooting for the Rams or are you just okay, I hope the Patriots don't win?
1: Well I'm more N F C than AFC anyway. Um mm-hmm. And don't like so yeah I'll be kind of lukewarmish.
0: W- w- On the Rams
1: for the for the Rams yeah.
0: Okay. Well it's it's going to be I mean it's going to be the, the the Philadelphia Eagles are still currently the defending Super Bowl champions as of this moment. Uh, they do still have a few days of that left so uh, we are going to milk that for all it's worth.
1: So this is the last um, podcast we have to hear about. It.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Of course not. Of course not. That would That's just silly. <laughs> um. But so Sunday is going to be, a you know, a, a bit of a day of mourning. I, you know, I might, I might have to like stress eat, you know, because they will lose their title officially on, on, on Sunday. Although they can never take away that, uh, that championship. But I, uh, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, I despise the new England Patriots and I despise Tom Brady. So yeah, I will be, uh, I will be rooting for the Rams. And I came across something while I was prepping for the podcast today that actually made me even more say, okay, now I'm really rooting for the Rams. Uh, it's your feel-good story of the day that I'm going to go through really quickly here before we get into the actual hockey stuff. And it, it goes hand-in-hand hand with, with a policy, Rick, that you have always instilled in the Rocket Sports Media team, uh, particularly for those of us who uh, cover live events for Rocket Sports Media. Um, and that is always to be kind to everyone you meet on location, not just the players, the coaches and the VIPs, but you you be nice to everyone. Even if it's the custodian, even if it's the guy who operates the elevator, everyone. Um, And it's, I've always been proud that that's a policy that you um, vehemently instill uh, upon the team. Uh, I support it fully. I think it's, you know, it's, it's how people should treat each other to begin with, but it's nice to work for a company that, um, puts those kind of values uh, first and foremost. And so it has come out that um, Brandon Cooks of the Rams presented and gifted the team's custodian, I believe round-trip plane tickets and two tickets to the Super Bowl for he and his son, so that they can attend the Super Bowl and be there with the team because they appreciate what he does to keep their facilities in in such good shape It's fabulous it is, and that's so yay Brandon cooks, and if I wasn't rooting for the Rams before, which I was, but now even more so because that's those are the kind of values that we like to see um, you know a and, and there's a video. If you go to the Rams Twitter account, they have a whole video of, of Brandon doing the presentation, surprising this guy. Um, and he's just for literally for like three minutes of a video. He's he's speechless. He doesn't know what to say. And he even says it's been a this is a dream come true. It's been a dream of mine ever since I was a little kid that maybe someday I'll be able to go. He said, it's already an honor that I get to be around all of you guys every day, but to be able to go and to take my son. He said, "I just don't know what to say, um, so really special moment, and tip of the hat to the Rams and to Brandon Cook for acknowledging that it takes it takes everyone in in a building and in a facility and with a team to keep things running, and I just like to see those kinds of values.
1: and you know what? With those guys, whether it's the Zamboni guy or the locker room, att- you, you can have the most fascinating conversations as well. Oh, yeah. Because um, those guys see it all. And, and the, the guy at uh, the All-Star Game, um, the, the equipment um, fellow, he said, call me the butler.
0: Uh, yes, he did. I... He, he was
1: fascinating. He was from Hartford, I think, was he?
0: yes he was from hartford i my my photography assignment uh i my where i shot the the skills competition was directly practically on the bench for the eastern conference i was i was right up against the wall of the bench and so he was there yeah and and he oh so what you know what do you do for hartford cuz he was he was behind he was standing on the bench for the whole thing and he said well you know i'm the butler I said oh so everyone needs you he said everyone needs me <laughs> for whatever it is that they need they come to me <laughs> he was great he was he was quite a character very friendly and uh, yeah very helpful to you know it's just it pays it, it it doesn't cost you a thing to be nice to the people you come in contact with and for some of them um, it can really make their day um, for some of them sometimes you know you may have a job with a team or or in a building or a facility where you feel like you're overlooked because maybe your job maybe you feel like your job isn't that important or it's but to be seen by other people and acknowledged and treated just like you would treat the coaches and the players and all those guys it's it's a big deal and it's it's important so i'm glad that we do it here at rocket sports media and um I'm really happy to see that the LA Rams uh, are doing the same thing. Absolutely. With that feel good moment, see, I, I wanted to, you had an uplifting story about Bruins and Canadians fans coming together in the spirit of the all-star weekend to be kind to one another. And I wanted to also lift the spirits of just wonderful human interactions with people just being kind to other people before we talk about um, the last two games that the rocket played, which are not happy stories whatsoever. (laughs) So we needed, we needed to build everybody up so that, you know, you don't get too sad when we talk about the back to back losses that the Laval rocket suffered out on the road. Hey, remember how we talked about they were doing really well at home, and and surprisingly, they they even looked pretty good in Springfield, pulling out an overtime win on the road after traveling the day of the game because of inclement weather. And then we're like, okay, all right, let's see what. Well, no, that didn't last long because they lost Friday night in Lehigh Valley three to two, and then turned around and lost Saturday night in Hershey four to two and Rick they were um they weren't pretty games especially Saturday it was a little ugly on Saturday
1: yeah when you look at um uh their their road schedule and and i i mean it's it's um it's good that they're winning at home because that uh, that was a problem uh last season um but when you look at their their uh, road success in 19 games, six, 12 and one, uh, just 13 points, three, forty-two winning uh, percentage. That is thirtieth in the American Hockey League. Uh, they mm-hmm. don't play well on the road, um, and um, you know, for a, a, a month coming up, February is uh, they most of their schedules on the road. Um, so this is going to be a huge test as as they've kind of. Uh, uh, had a run of points and and moved their way mm-hmm. uh up the standings a little bit um, then the two games that uh we saw on the roads uh they didn't play that well and 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 to be honest uh the the, the 3-2 final uh in uh Le- Lehigh Valley and the 4-2 with an empty net or 4-2 in in Hershey uh flattered Lavelle. they didn't play that well um Mm-mm. you know a, a, against hershey the the first period the the shots were eight seven but that was that hadn't that wasn't a reflection uh, Hershey dominated for long periods of 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 the game they just they looked like they were on a pie pie. um uh, the whole so time yeah. Th- th- yeah there was more of an imbalance in the in the second period the shots are seventeen to nine for hershey but um Hershey plays uh, with very, very good structure. Um, And, and uh, Lavelle just couldn't get the puck away from them. They were constantly turning it over, constantly making mistakes in their own end. Um, And, uh, you know, that the um, Hershey started off with a a three nothing lead and it was two power play goals and a shorthanded goal. Uh, It was all special teams uh, that, uh, that Hershey was taking advantage of. Um, And Laval couldn't compete. And also uh, on the physical side, Hershey was, was very physical. um, Oh yeah. With, uh, with Laval and, and they didn't quite seem prepared for it.
0: There were the first period in the Hershey game there were two boarding penalties, a kneeing penalty, and a cross-checking penalty in the first period. Um, and frankly, the night before um, in Lehigh Valley, uh, Tyrell Goldburn and and Antoine Waked just went at it. Uh, that ended up in – Goldburn got f- uh, five minutes for fighting, two minutes for instigating, a 10-minute misconduct for instigating. I mean, it was the whole weekend – they were playing teams that were in their face physically um, dominating puck puck movement, puck control, winning battles along the boards, forechecking hard and, and Laval just couldn't keep up. Um, Charlie Lindgren played, uh, was finally back from injury yet again. Uh, he played in the game on Friday night and, and did frankly look better than he had when he came back in Manitoba Um but the defense was was just not good in front of him. And frankly, for McNiven on on Saturday, um, McNiven was the only reason that that game wasn't a complete barn burner for Hershey. Um, so it was it was ugly. And and penalties were an issue both nights. Laval between the two games, Laval was one for nine on the power play. Uh, so the power play wasn't doing anything. But they gave up four goals on eight penalty kills. So they were 50% on the penalty kill, which was not good at all. And, and like you said, there was a shorthand goal in there as well. Uh, Special teams wasn't good. They were taking bad penalties. Um, We talked to, to Joel Bouchard after both games, um, some quotes that, that i'd like you to hear kind of in a in a bit of succession we can we can talk a little bit about them in between but first friday night in lehigh valley you know it was a tough loss but it it was the score was close it was three to two and and we asked joel bouchard okay you your your team has performed well at home for the last two months so what's the key to keeping that going on the road where your record is nowhere near as strong as it is at home um And here is what he had to say about that.
2: Well, uh, I think we did a hell of a job in Springfield, and I think we were terrible tonight. We worked at it this week. We talked about it. You guys got to remember we had the youngest team in the conference almost a year now, Uh, younger than every other team in experience and in age. So we need to give them the mileage. That's why, as a coach, I don't like the score tonight. I like the essence. I still think we were the better team on the ice for most of the night. Um, but we need to rack up those one in the road like we're doing at home
0: he then followed that with I said okay and I, and I said to him, Hershey, despite the fact that they're that they're near the bottom of the standings for the conference, Hershey is never a team that you want to under uh, underestimate they they play hard so so what do you what needs what does the team need to do to turn around and, and in 24 hours and and do better in hershey
2: oh. Key moments where you cannot take penalties. Key moments where you need clears. Key moments where you need to get the puck deep. I don't think we were really good at that tonight. That being said, we'll, uh, we'll move forward into uh, into tomorrow night.
0: So there's key moments that you can't take bad penalties. There's key moments that, that you have to get clears. There's key moments where you have to get the puck in deep. And Rick, none of those things happened on Saturday night. It's, the, it's practically the whole reason they lost again the, the following night. Well both both games were were really uh
1: disappointing. Uh the game against Lehigh Valley uh, they were facing an ECHL goaltender in Brandon who who came into the to the the game with uh uh with at at the AHL level his his goals against was over 5 5.85 I I I don't remember what it was but it it was some ridiculous number. Um shaky and 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 the the Lehigh Valley was forced into that position because Carter Hart was coming back to the team um late uh and 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 lion was was injured um, so uh, Lehigh valley was in in tough uh mm-hmm. and and Laval didn't challenge him at all, and then no. the next night they just didn't they just didn't have um Uh, any kind of pushback they didn't and uh, I know that that uh, the the head coach is fond of of saying that it's uh, a problem with youth um you know uh, he's he's kind of interchanged he says uh says that they're the youngest team in the league he has said that before this time he said youngest team in the conference uh neither one is true um the the, he said about the uh, uh in terms of age or experience well, uh, none of that's true but even if it is um and if it and if and if um having a young team is such a detriment then why did you put the roster together that way it's not it's not like mm-hmm. you had a gun to your head as saying you have to take these that was that was um Joe Bouchard and and Marc Bergeron put together this roster um in this way um you know it reminded me exactly of Pierre Bouvain, the the former president of the Montreal Canadiens his uh his exit uh kind of interview from the Montreal Canadiens when he said no I couldn't bring a Stanley Cup to Montreal but uh the reason we couldn't is because um you know we're we're always choosing from such a small pool and and when you choose from a small pool you're more limited and this language policy has really handcuffed us um and it's like well well, who's forcing you to use the language policy (laughs) Um, and it's the same thing here Uh, it's it's like he's saying we're this youth policy has been forced on us um and it's 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 kind of self-damning, you know, a uh, self-indictment of of the choices that that uh, that were made. If that well, and, is indeed a, a you know a, a, a negative.
0: And let's face it, we're more than halfway through the season now. We're not 4 weeks into the season, we're more than halfway through the season. So you're going to it it's yes there's rookies on there's nights that half half the forwards are rookies because of injuries or whatever but okay that's as you say that's the roster that was put together so you knew that 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 the potential of that happening was was there um but at some point these guys you know have to be held accountable. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not their first season playing hockey. I realize there is an adjustment to the AHL, but we're halfway through the season. And, and as you say, he's, he's relying on this a lot now. In fact, I have two more quotes that you're going to hear from after the game in Hershey on Saturday night. um, And you're going to hear the youth thing. It's a theme now. Uh, in almost every post-game interview that Joel Bouchard gives, he mentions you have to remember that we are the youngest team in the conference or that we have a play, we have a roster full of young players. You'll hear it all the time now. Uh, so much so that uh, some of the player interviews that we did this weekend, I'm, we, we heard it out of their mouths as well. So it's obviously being hammered into them. Um and and particularly one of the one of the players who who mentioned, you know, we have a young team was a guy who's I don't know 25, 26, 27, something like that. So not a young player. Um, so we take a hold of that 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 Joel Bouchard acknowledged for Friday. Thought that they were the the better team. Didn't like what he saw. Didn't like the bad penalties. Didn't like uh, you know not getting clears, not getting the puck deep, um, and that. Things were, you know, playing with a young team, and then, as I said, you can't underestimate Hershey. You go into Hershey the next night, you get completely dominated, you get completely outplayed at every level, and it's a it's a disaster. And so, asked him then, I, I asked him after the game, okay, well, you talked last night about not taking bad penalties, and that's exactly what what dug the team into a hole tonight was bad penalties again, you know. What's the deal? And, and here's what he had to say. You
2: know, they're not penalty because they're lazy. It's like a mile. <laughs> we're very young right now. I want people to realize how young we are. Um, I don't think we were very good uh, tonight uh, in a lot of ways, but I think we cling on. And I'm really proud of the way the guys came out in the third period.
0: So now it's that the penalties that, we were take, that the team's taking is because the players are young and they, so they're not as disciplined? Is that what I'm supposed to take from that?
1: Well, Hershey, if if you do a side by side comparison, and and these rosters change all the time, um, but essentially Hershey and and uh, Laval are very similar in terms of average age and games of experience. Very similar. Um, it it had nothing to do with the fact that Hershey didn't, you know, age or or experience wasn't a factor on Saturday. It was the fact that that um, Hershey played with more structure. They, they supported the puck much better. They, they it, it was a, 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 a better kind of, uh, you know, they, they, they were managed better. Um, and this whole thing about, you know, youth, you look at the Chicago Wolves, who are younger and have far fewer games uh, of experience, less than Laval, and uh, they're third in the league. Uh, third in uh, the if you look by by uh, the the winning percentage, they are number three in the AHL, and Laval is twenty nine. Oof.
0: Well, also, doesn't Laval have you know at collectively at one point or another throughout the season have had one of the most NHL heavy blue lines in the league? Well, that's that's the thing that that even, you know, when
1: you look at the the tallies for AHL experience, uh, some of the the uh, uh, lack of experience, lack of AHL experience on the uh, Laval Blue Line is because those guys have a whole lot of NHL experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's car color. Carl Alsner, it's David Schlemko, it's Xavier Ouellette, it's it's uh, Victor Meta, uh Brett Kulak, Noah Julson, Simone Dupre, All of those guys have been part of the the Laval Rocket blue line um, with a lot of NHL experience. I'm sure if you were to add up the games of NHL experience, uh, they'd compare pretty favorably. Um, you know, talking to to people around the team, they said they've they've never seen. Uh, the, the, so much experience coming down to to um, uh, the Laval Rock, the 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 Canadians AHL affiliate. Um, th- this just doesn't happen where you have all of that that NHL experience in the lineup. So I, I really uh, you know it's it's silly to keep harping on this this lack of experience or or, or age thing.
0: Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that. Cale uh, Flurry is one of the young members of this team, obviously, uh, in his rookie season. and uh, but he's he's had some success and asked him, you know, how, how has it been with the guys who you've found yourself on a defensive pairing with um, this season? And the names he lists are pretty interesting.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I've had a lot of great partners so far with Kulak and uh, I played Ishlamo and all that in a little bit. And then Carlosner when he was down as well. So uh, a lot of games in the NHL between those guys, so just try to soak in as much as I can. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> to, yeah, there you go. And 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 to be fair, I I had I had prep that answer a little bit by saying there has been a lot of NHL experience that has come down defensively from the Canadians this year. And so I said, you know, with that, how has it been? So, but you can see, you've got a rookie who's, how many rookies can say that they have been paired with four different NHL defensemen that rookie season? Not too many, (laughs) not too many. But, you know, going back to, you were talking about how it, the 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 youth wasn't a factor for Hershey. They simply played played a better system, played with more structure and things of that nature. And um, Bouchard, at, to his credit at least, he, he, he knew that Hershey outplayed them on Saturday night. And, and this was the rest of what he commented on about their performance against Hershey.
2: They took us to the body early on a tired team and they made it miserable for us to play. Uh, we take a couple of penalties, like you said, but um, that wasn't good. But as a former player, as a coach, I got to look at with the, the big picture. And um, I give credit to Hershey tonight, but we still made it a one-goal game at the end, but we were definitely not the better team on the ice tonight.
0: That's one of the few times that he has, has admittedly said that they were not the better team on the ice, and I think there's no possible way that you could have argued anything but that. Um, you know, he threw in the oh, took it hard to a to a tired team. You know, Hershey didn't play on Friday night. Laval did, but Laval Hershey's only an hour away from Lehigh Valley. It's not like they drove all night.
1: Um, right, and Laval had been off since Monday. Um, right, been practicing, but but they had been sitting in wait um, in Lehigh Valley, uh, and uh, you know they they could have said the, the the same thing that they were the you know the the uh that Lehigh Valley was the the tired team the the night before but but still mm-hmm. uh the phantoms won that game so um yeah it didn't really apply there i didn't think no uh
0: interestingly enough we talked to captain byron Fraze after the hershey game as well and mentioned to him that uh if if there was a, a positive in in the Hershey game at all, they did have a little more fight to them. Uh, Laval did in the third period. The third period was probably, if anything, if any of their game looked had any semblance of looking strong on the night, it was in the third period. And so I, we asked Byron a phrase, you know, about the the resilience in the team and how important it is for them in the room to themselves, you know, to, to really never give up on the, on the puck and, and try to keep clawing out of a hole. And, and this is this, these were his comments about that.
2: Yeah, we don't have any quit in this room. I think that's yeah. a good thing in the locker room. We don't have any quit in our coach and, and our leadership staff. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good sign. But uh, at the same time, we don't have any margin of error in that in our game. You know, we have to play the right way for 60 minutes to be successful. And when and we can do that, do team's stand San chance.
0: That's a very captain-esque uh, quote to give. The interesting part is is that Byron Fraze has been around hockey and have been around the AHL long enough to acknowledge the one part of that quote that was important, which is, at the same time, we don't have any margin for error in our game because we have to play a full 60 minutes in order to win. And that's not just cliche canned response that's something that you've heard you hear um, scouts and other people around the league talk about laval because well joel bouchard has has said it himself that um, they are not a high skill team up front and so because of that they have to work hard for 60 minutes if they think they're going to win a game
1: no that's exactly right they they just don't have the talent to put the puck in the net. So they have to outwork uh, their opponent. And they certainly didn't in the games against the Phantoms uh, nor, nor the bears.
0: No, they did not. Now two guys who um, two guys who kudos to them have kind of put their nose to the grindstone. And despite uh, having kind of rocky starts to their season have, have had a little bit of a resurgence uh, in the last month, month and a half. And that's Dan Audette. And Brett Lernout, uh, both playing very well. Daniel Odette has just been on a. We talked about we talked about him uh, in a previous episode. Has just been on a hot streak lately. He's playing on the first line now, uh, playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, point streaks, goal streaks. Uh, you know, he's he's just come. He's just done a complete 180 from where he was at the beginning of the season. And Brett Lernout, despite the fact that he's constantly shuffled around as to where he's at uh, in the lineup has been his, his consistent self and is is just kind of putting his head down and, and working at it. We asked both of them um, what they feel is contributing to their recent success for their own personal games. Uh, we'll start with, with Audette and then go right into Brett Lernout. but this is what they, they had to say.
2: You know, just uh, the team's been going well for sure. That always helps when the team's winning and everyone's in a good mood. But, uh, you know, I've been working on the little things since the beginning of the season and uh, you no, know, they helped me a lot, and just uh, offensively i've been uh, I've been uh very confident with the puck and you know I'm trying to make some plays out there and, and feel I feel good out there.
0: I feel pretty good, especially this last uh probably 10 twelve game stretch. I thought i have been playing pretty well and making simple plays and, and simple exits and, uh, and and really just executing my passes and that's what I got to do is just keep it simple, keep it physical and see what happens for Odette, it's bit I Rick. I can't remember the last time that we've heard Dan Odette say about himself that he feels confident with the puck, um, and that's a really positive thing to hear from him. That he's he's reached that point that he's feeling so good about his game and about his game play um, that that he's acknowledging that he has confidence back. And the same for Brett Lernout saying, you know, I I do what I always do. I keep it simple and I just play a physical game.
1: I think Odette is uh, is working hard it's, it's not that he's the the only one that's working hard but um, but I think he's getting the opportunities um, he's working hard and getting opportunities and it's 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 a, a good formula for his his confidence would um, like to see Brett get more opportunities it's tough when when you have the willettes and Schlemkos and and the other NHLers there um, kind of blocking the way but I'd, I'd like to see uh, Brett Lernout get um uh, more offensive uh opportunities he's got a great shot uh but certainly you know with him out there on the on the penalty kill um and uh he's he's uh he's very good in front of his net he's he's very good with his stick he's uh physical imposing uh, defenseman to those forwards coming down the the wing and and so uh you know he's he's been playing solid uh the last uh, the last little while
0: uh You happen to mention that you know especially uh, on the blue line it's it's difficult for Canadians prospects and and younger players to get the ice time and the experience that they need because of of the influx of of NHL players um, defensively that laval has has had coming through and um fortunately at least Brett is finding a way to to make the most of it and, and keep progressing his game forward. That's not necessarily the case for every defenseman, every young defenseman on the team. Uh, and we saw, unfortunately, uh, the negative impact that that can have, uh, this week as Michael Moravchik uh, well, first off, he was sent down to the ECHL. Um, he was sent down to Brampton last week, um, right around the the beginning of the all-star break um, sent down there uh, and now uh, mutually uh, come to an agreement with the Canadians to terminate his contract uh, and has been put on unconditional waivers uh, for him to return to the Czech Republic. Um, You know, sometimes fits aren't right between a team and a player Uh, You know, some will probably try to say he didn't adjust to the North American game very well, Um, but you have to put a big question mark over the fact that had he had more opportunities to play, he played 20 games for Laval, one goal and two assists in those 20 games. Um, So the other 20 odd games that he missed sitting in the press box or playing down in the ECHL, perhaps, would have been better served if he had had the ice time to truly adapt to the AHL game uh, and the North American ice, if all of those NHLers hadn't been in the way. For sure. Um,
1: I, I think, you know, both uh, Sklenicka and, and Moravchuk signed two year entry-level contracts. Um, I understand why the, uh, the Canadians went the direction they were, you know, it's, it's tough to find talent um, uh, you know, outside the draft, uh, and, and, and you want to mine every opportunity. And this, this, this was a, a good opportunity to add these two to your, to your, uh, prospect development pool. But then if your head coach is not interested in developing them, uh, then that causes a big problem. And it's, I understand that it's, it's so much more, uh, enticing, um, seductive to to be playing a, a Xavier Ouellette and and a David Schlemko and a Carl Alsner because maybe those guys are going to give you a better opportunity to to win but in the long term is that good for the development of the organization because um you know the the Ouellettes and and the, the Schlemkos aren't going to be uh around um so it's 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 unfortunate it was actually Murabchik uh during uh, uh, the Canadians training camp who looked pretty good and was adapting quicker um, to the North American game. Um, but he was, you know, he's a big stay at home defenseman, physical de- defenseman, Sklenicka, more of a puck mo- moving defenseman. And so uh, probably the ceiling uh, and and, and Sklenicka being a year younger, the ceiling being a little bit higher with Sklenicka, but Moravchik st- still didn't really have an opportunity to show what uh, what he can do. Uh, so mm-hmm. now he, he heads back to Pilsen, the, in the Czech Republic, the team that, that he had played with um, you know, they're happy to have him back. They, 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 they liked the, the physical brand of hockey that he plays. Moravczyk for his part said that um, uh, while he was in Kennedy, he watched every one of uh, Pilsen's games, didn't miss one. Um, and so he still you know kept that con- kept that connection uh with his team and and i think um we don't know uh but but uh it, there were was probably s- some discussions about um how waving him and uh uh would be would be beneficial for both if if the coach wasn't going to use him and if he had a desire to go back and and play with the likes of, of, um, uh, Peter Strakas is, 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 on that Peltson team, you know, mm-hmm. uh, him from, from, um, his Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, days, uh, uh and, uh, you know, he was, he was, uh, uh a selection of the Columbus blue, blue jackets in the draft. There's also, uh, Jakob Kindle. Um, he's a former first round pick, uh, Kitchener Rangers fans, uh, I'm, I'm a continued Ranger fan. We'll re, uh, remember him from playing his junior hockey in the OHL and then going on to uh, the Tr- Detroit Red Wings. Um, so there's some good talent he's going to get to play with. Uh, it's just very unfortunate that uh, he didn't get a full opportunity well with the Laval rocket to show maybe what, what uh, potential he does have. Absolutely.
0: Um, one, Injury update that we do have after the Hershey game, we had mentioned in the last show that uh, Jake Evans um, may have possibly been back for these past these games. This past weekend, um, he was not. He he was traveling with the team, um, but he did not play in Lehigh Valley or in Hershey. Um, so we did ask Joel Bouchard about uh, an update on Evans. Saturday night after the game in Hershey and he said that it's pretty likely it's it's looking it's looking very good that that Evans will return to the lineup uh, for their games this weekend he said you know just have to uh, reevaluate one more time when they're back from the all-star break but but he was progressing nicely and and should be returning very very soon quite possibly this weekend so we may have Jake Evans back in the lineup, which uh, which would be very good. I quickly want to just mention some roster movement happening uh, within the Flyers and Phantoms organization. Um, as you had mentioned, there was an ECHL goaltender who who was in net on Friday night against Laval, who uh, by the way, that win was his first aHL win first career AHL win he got first star of the night even though he <laughs> he didn't uh look all that steady but getting your first AHL career win is uh, pretty good um because Carter Hart had been sent down didn't arrive until sometime late overnight and so um he he was not able to play well it turned out, it turns out we had speculated is he down for the season are they going to call him back up again now that Stolars uh seems to be healthy again well, it turns out that Carter Hart was recalled again uh, right away. Um, and so he is now back up with the Flyers. Um, and Misha Vorobiev uh, was also called up. Uh, we saw Vorobiev play on Friday night, I believe. Yes, he had, uh, he had a goal and an assist on that Friday night game against Laval, And he then promptly got called up to the Flyers uh, after that. Dale Weiss who uh, cleared waivers a week or two ago, uh, but was told to stay in Philadelphia has now been sent down to the Phantoms. So um, not sure he may get into some games this week. Uh, I would imagine, uh, but there's, you know, rumblings brewing that maybe there's a trade on the horizon for him. Um, who knows? We might see some movement uh, with Dale Weiss and uh, with, Carter Hart called back up. Lyon, I don't know if I, I actually haven't gotten an update yet as to whether or not uh, Lyon's injury uh, is persisting or not. Uh, he was injured Friday before the game, which is why Brandon Com had to start. Um, but Mike McKenna has been sent down to Lehigh Valley on a conditioning stint from the Flyers. So tally one more team that you can add to the Mike McKenna resume. <laughs> Because he'll likely now be suiting up for the lehigh valley phantoms uh after after spending a little bit of time in Philadelphia as well, so all sorts of movement happening for Lehigh Valley there Rick uh as they're sitting in third place in the Atlantic Division, just one point behind the Bridgeport Sound Tigers in second place, so they're they're getting primed for a for a really solid playoff push here well and, and good for them
1: with with all the the movement particularly um with respect to their goaltenders and a coaching change um, mm-hmm. they've managed to you know absorb all that and um, um not, <laughs> not 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 toss out excuses uh, left and right and and they're they're uh, they're playing pretty well
0: they they are we will uh, be sure to keep you posted on. Any more movement and and highlights from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms as well as their season continues to progress nicely. Uh, With that being said, we're going to take a quick break uh, only for a a quick word from our sponsors and our, um, our, our quick commercial break here. And on the other side of it, we are going to talk all things All Star Weekend. It was a it was a memorable weekend in Springfield and we can't wait to tell you all about it. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after these brief messages. Follow along on Twitter, at the AHL Report, for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Rick, the All-Star Weekend is... Super fun. I don't, I really don't know how else to put it. It's just, um, if you've not experienced one, anyone listening out there, I highly recommend putting it on your calendar, putting it on your bucket list um, because it really is. It's, it's a lot of fun and man, do fans get some really great interaction with their, with their favorite players from all around the league. It was a really great weekend. It was a great weekend and
1: uh, it started out, uh on sunday night with uh the skills challenge um the glass was down um mm-hmm. apart from the ends of the rink but uh the side glass was was down and and fans got to get up close and personal um before the 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 skills challenge began and and then afterwards in the um uh, an autograph session um and and the the guys themselves uh, seem to have a, a whole lot of fun. Um, then the game, um, the 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 series of games, um, mm-hmm. the three on three challenge uh, that went on on Monday night, um, uh, eventually leading up to a, with the a, 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 a champion and the North won uh, for the second year in a row. But um, also for us, I think it's it's an opportunity to. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, for the, for the Laval rocket, it was Alex Belzeal, um, Mm -hmm. for, um, the Lehigh Valley Phantom. Their representatives were Greg Carey, Colin McDonald. And, and, uh, it was an opportunity to, to talk to them, uh, a lot to, 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 uh, get to know them a bit better and, and, um, talk about all sorts of things and and uh, and for them too to get to to catch up with with some of the guys that they don't um uh, always see who who might be you know in in an opposite conference or um, mm-hmm. or on other teams um or just just get a a different impression uh, of 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 uh other than being being on, on the opposite side of the, of the the red line. They get to see um, guys as teammates and line mates and, and in a whole different frame. And and um, really, really uh, great event. Um, and, uh, yeah, always glad to be there.
0: Always glad to be there. The, the league always puts on such a great event. Um, the brand new – we talked about the fact that uh, it was it, – In partnership with the brand new in 2018 MGM Springfield Casino and Hotel uh, and and Conference Center, which is literally on the next block over from the Mass Mutual Center. Um, Beautiful facilities there. uh, Really, really, really nice. Uh, Everything is really compacted right there in the downtown area. Uh, Didn't have to walk more than probably a block and a half to two blocks uh, in any direction to get where you needed to go, um, which was helpful when it was very cold and windy this weekend. But yeah, as you say, Rick, you know, it's just, it's a really unique experience for the fans. Um, it's a really unique experience for the players. And and we did get to spend a, a, a significant amount of time uh, talking to the three players that we were there to cover the most, uh, Belzeal, McDonald, and Carey. In addition, we were able to catch up uh, over in the Western Conference, Uh, dressing room uh, with a couple of players will which will have familiar names to listeners uh, in this crowd and and we have interviews uh, with Daniel Carr and Chris Terry who were both representing uh, the Chicago Wolves and the Grand Rapids Griffins respectively Uh, really great to catch up with them Uh, say hello see them it's been of course a bit since we've seen uh, either one of them uh, and they were gracious with their time. Um, I should, I, I'm going to do shameless uh, team self-promotion plug. Um, not only can you go to AHL.report right now and, and read our recaps from there's a recap post from the skills competition, as well as from the all-star game. Um, and those recaps tell you all the ins and outs of the things that happened at each of those events um, as well as includes a little bit of a sneak peek of some of uh, the original photography that we took uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, You'll find uh, we'll be kind of slowly trickling out and rolling out um, more of, of those great um, snapshots and pictures on our Instagram page um, so that you get a continuous stream of, of those kinds of of images um, as well as um, audio from our interviews. So you'll find all of that, in those two posts. But keep your eyes locked, uh, whether on Twitter or on AHL.Report this week. We're going to have a series of exclusive videos coming out um, with the interviews from the players. Um, Keep in mind, all of the interviews that we do during All-Star Weekend are exclusive one-on-one interviews. They're not scrum interviews. Those are uh, you know, whoever we're interviewing is one-on-one with Rocket Sports Media. Uh, so these are videos and interviews you're not going to see anywhere else other than AHL.Report. Uh, we're also going to have, um, and I know we're going to talk about it here in a, in a second, Rick, uh, but we're going to have a video, of uh, an exclusive video from the Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, with some special folks who we talked to after that event was done um, as well as uh, a video that we will have later on this week. Uh, We took some time to speak with um, Mark Waitman of the Laval Rocket, who was on the trip uh, with the team and then, and then was in Springfield as well. Um, And Mark was gracious enough with his time to uh, speak with us a little bit. And um, we got some great insight from him as well. So, Rick, we have a lot of really great stuff. Uh, Mark Waitman, by the way, is the vice president of development and operations for the Laval Rockets. So we had some really great, uh, great insight and great conversations with people this weekend.
1: Great interactions. And, uh, and in the, the, uh, the AHL hall of fame was, was, uh, was pretty special. And, and to, to talk to Tim Cherry, uh uh he mm-hmm. was there representing his dad uh, Don Cherry who was inducted into the Hall of Fame um and then uh just prior to that the 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 commissioner's state of the league address and and the the questions we were able to ask um to to Dave Andrews and and uh all of that was was really helpful in in seeing which the, the directions that this this league is is heading in uh over the next few years
0: and and that's really um that really gets to the heart of of why we feel so passionately about the coverage we bring you, uh, here at Rocket Sports Media and the AHL report, but why we hear such great feedback from our fans and readers and followers as well, because that's the kind of coverage that you're just not getting uh anywhere else. Um Other than, other than with us, Um, you did mention the state of the league address with uh, league president and CEO, Dave Andrews Uh, always, it's always, always get really good tidbits out of that, out of that uh, (laughs) session, out of that meeting uh, with, with Dave things like, you know, Rick, I, I, he gives us statistics every year on, you know, at that point, we're just over halfway through the season. There have been league wide this year so far. About 450 NHL recalls, totaling about 270 players, which makes for, um, well, last, so last year there were more than 6,000 man games played in the NHL last year that had at least one AHL player there on recall. So there were about, when they did all the math, the league could confidently say that there were about five games being played uh, every night where there were players on recall from the aHL that's pretty that's when people don't understand how important the aHL being a development league is, those kind of numbers really reflect that
1: yeah for sure um and 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 I think that's that's also um it, it tells you why we what do what we do so mm-hmm. that when those those players get to the nhl the, the the listeners the regular listeners and fans and followers will already know these players will already know what they're they're capable of how they'll fit into the lineup um and and have a, a you know a uh, rather than just the the stat sheet uh, you know that that comes with them they'll they'll have a a, a a background knowledge of, of how these, these fans can help their, or how these players can help uh, uh, their organization.
0: Well, the ones, uh, some of the things that, that Mr. Andrews did review. um, This is the first season that the league has now gone with the full referee system. Rick, I know that you and I have talked about this uh, both on the air and off the air quite extensively over the years about how uh, there were plenty of games uh, in the AHL that you would attend and there would only be one referee uh, not two and and we know firsthand how that can go very poorly against a team if a ref misses a goal or a call um, and so they have rectified that it's their first season with the full referee system and and Dave Andrews says that it's it's going very well they there's only been three games so far where uh, an official was injured the night before and so couldn't couldn't perform his duties the next night and they, you know, couldn't get a replacement. So all but three games across the league this year have been played with two referees. And I think that's a, that's a very big important step forward for the league.
1: Sure it is. And, uh, and it's also uh, developing, being a development league, it's also a developmental league for referees too. They're a feeder Mm -hmm. league for the, The NHL. So it's important not only to have uh, a two referee system so that you're not negatively affecting the outcome of a game, but that you have a supply of referees uh, experienced enough to to be able to move up to the NHL when when they're uh, called upon.
0: That's right. He went over, you know, some other things. This is the last year of the CBA, so they'll start negotiations for that next month, so they'll have a new CBA in effect probably next October. Um there are no new conference or divisional alignments for 2019 to 2020. Um so so that everything stays status quo there. He did mention um they've they've not officially started talking with the the new Seattle franchise, NHL franchise yet, but it's, you know, they've started casual discussions and it looks like their AHL affiliate will likely be on the West coast. Um, But you had an interesting question for Dave Andrews um, that perhaps you'd like to, to just briefly give our listeners kind of some insight on, on how he answered your question about data and statistics and, and analytics within the AHL, as we see the NHL, uh, getting very technologically advanced as far as player tracking and and statistical tracking yeah
1: in in the the all star game there was the the wearable um, uh, monitors that uh, that the players uh, were using and and uh, then the the statistics that rolled out from that and and we know that the NHL is moving in that direction uh, so that they can not only provide additional information to uh, people like us who can then tell the story of 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 the team and the players uh for fans but also um to help with uh their 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 new uh, venture with sports betting and 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 how uh that will uh, that will work there so uh, talk to um to dave andrews about what you know with with um, all the information that's available more in, in the NHL, there's, there's uh, obvious questions from fans about uh, information available in the AHL. And, and uh, we know that right now they collect more than they uh, disseminate. Um, and uh, things like time on ice. Time on ice, which you can get pretty easily in, in the NHL, can't get in the AHL. It's collected not made available and that's the choice of uh by the nhl teams they don't want that information available but as as the nhl moves to be um to provide more not less uh, there's going to be pressure on the the ahl to do the same and and dave andrews understands that and hopes to be able to work with with the teams work with uh there might be some collective bargaining issues uh and he expects that um that th- th- they're going to move in that direction uh to be able to provide more than they're, they are currently providing as far as data and statistics and, and and all those advanced metrics that that people are looking for
0: well it was uh it was a very it was a very good question and he seemed to be um he, he he gave a pretty expanded answer to you on that in that press conference. Uh, he seemed to be pleased with the question um, and, and acknowledged, as you say, uh, acknowledged that it is a, a certainly an important topic that they're that they're currently discussing. Um, I had happened to ask, you know, this is the first year for their new streaming platform to be rolled out, AHL TV, over the old antiquated, clunky, and expensive AHL Live. Um, And his remarks in response to that question were completely glowing. He said the the response and the feedback has been exponentially better. Um, Their viewership is up triple uh, with AHL TV. Um, And given the fact that it costs significantly less than AHL Live, um, fight that. So you're thinking, okay, possibly do, is there a huge loss of revenue if you're if you're taking such a huge price drop? Well, with viewership up triple, uh, revenue is about the same. So they're serving three times the amount of people uh, and getting the same amount of revenue for it, um, and their customers are a lot happier. In fact, we we all had a bit of a chuckle when he said uh, we were getting more complaints uh, from fans around the league. Regarding our streaming platform with ahl live than we did about officiating
1: and about the old product, yeah,
0: yeah, about the old product, um and so you know if fans are complaining more about that than than refing, you know it's bad, <laughs> so um you know we know that there's still some things that the league could probably work on to continue improving the product, but at least for the first. 4 months of the service so far uh looks like things have been well received and and going well. Uh if only they can get Wi-Fi standards up to par in every building around the league that would be
1: My goodness, the Wi-Fi was bad in Springfield.
0: My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they they need to look at that. <laughs> uh quickly before we take uh, one last break here Rick, uh you did mention we attended the 2019 AHL Hall of Fame induction ceremony and um not only us; it was it was the biggest uh, crowd. Dave Andrews mentioned it was the biggest crowd that they had had for the induction ceremony. Uh, fans are permitted to uh, purchase a ticket to uh, to attend the event, and of course, every player who is an All Star at the weekend's festivities also attends uh, as well, so that they can see um, the induction of of the Hall of Fame. And it was a it was a really it was a really special special moment and special event. I thought, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know know what to expect, but there were a lot of great names in that room. Uh, and, and the atmosphere was fantastic. Uh, the stories they told, it was just, it was, it was a really unique experience.
1: And, and the four individuals were, were, uh, you know, very, um, active and, and, and ha- impactful on the AHL, but, but, um you know they were there were also names that that people know outside of the AHL. i think um that helped uh bring the fans out brad smith um and john anderson um were there mm-hmm. and uh, murray eves and don cherry represented both represented by their by their sons murray eves being um uh, just not uh Uh, experiencing some health issues right now and Don Cherry being involved um, and, and uh, had commitments with respect to hockey night in Canada. So he couldn't get away, but, but all four speakers were very good um, and Mm -hmm. talked about the value of the AHL um, in, in their careers and in their lives and, and how important that that the lessons that they learned in the AHL have stayed with them and the people that they met and associated with, um, are still um, you know close to their hearts so uh it was it was a it was a great event uh and uh, and all four speakers were were very very good
0: they were uh had some Got some laughs uh, quite quite often as they told some some behind the scenes stories from back in in their days whether uh, playing or coaching or managing. Uh, the Calder Cup was in the building, shining brightly up there on the stage as well. Um, and so, uh, also the honorary um, the honorary captains and the playing captains were all called up onto stage uh, to be honored as well. That includes the High Valley captain. Lehigh Valley Phantoms captain Colin McDonald um, was the Eastern Conference captain for the All-Stars. So he was recognized uh, on stage uh, as well. Um, and like I said, if put the AHL All-Star weekend on your bucket list if you're a hockey fan. Um, it's affordable. And it's, it's so much more than just the skills challenge, uh, the skills competition and the All-Star game. There was – there was skating at the rink with all the mascots, and trust me, if you watched if you watched the All Star Game and you watched the three minutes of mascot hockey that they played during first intermission, you would want to go skate with with all the mascots because it is just a riot. Um, there's the Hall of Fame induction that you can attend as well uh, as a fan. I mean, it's just it's it's there was well there was an after party. Um, at the casino uh, on Saturday and Sunday night after the skills competition, where fans can come RSVP for the, for the after party where they get to mix and mingle with the all-star players and the coaches and the AHL uh, staff and, and media and all, all of those kinds of things as well, uh, band and food and all those kinds of things. So it's really a special weekend. It's It's, you you don't you you have to do it at least once. And Rick, I mean next year it's in California so Ontario, California. <laughs> with the with the cold that we're experiencing right now, I think uh I think Cali is gonna, <laughs> is gonna be a good location next year. Perfect. We are going to take one more quick break when we're back on the other side of these brief messages. We're just going to take a look at what's on tap this week uh, as the Laval Rocket gear up and get back in action uh, as the AHL season continues. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites, In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Well, we did have some fun uh, in Springfield. The players had some fun. The rest of the players who weren't at the All-Star uh, Weekend's festivities had a little bit of a break, but Rick, it is full-fledged back to work this week.
1: (laughs) It is. Uh, Turn the page on the calendar, and uh, we're into February, and uh, the Laval Rockets, this is, I I mentioned earlier in the the show um, about their road schedule, and they have 12 games this month. Uh, Mm -hmm. Three of them are at home. Uh, three of the 12 games uh, at home, nine on the road. So uh, this is kind of a, a make it or break it uh, month, very important month for uh, Laval. And uh, they're going to have to turn around their, their, uh, their, their record on the road uh, a bit. If they want to uh, uh, continue to to move up the standings and, and uh, compete for a, a playoff spot.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I, Maybe the, the All-Star break will allow them to put last two week, uh, last week's two games in the rearview mirror as they uh, gear up to go back right back out on the road this weekend. They've got a back-to-back in Toronto against the Marlies. And, and so, as you say, it's important this month for them to really buckle down and, and get those wins because they are playing most of their games on the road where they do tend to struggle. In addition, the Marlies are, are playing – Pretty well right now. They're 6 3 0 1 in their last 10 games. Um, more importantly, the Marlies are currently sitting in fourth place in the North Division, and Laval is tied for sixth, five points behind them. So um, if the Marlies manage to manhandle Laval like Hershey and Lehigh Valley did, uh, they're really going to put a, a Severe hurting on the separation in the standings uh, this weekend. So, two really big games uh, for Laval coming up this weekend. We, of course, will have all the coverage for you. You know that we will. You can find us on Twitter to follow along for live game updates at the AHL report. You can follow along. I'll be tweeting uh, live game updates as well. You, so, you can find me at Flyers Rule and Rick, you can find at All Habs lots of great uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, related content over uh, on his all Habs account as well. Um, and Rick, besides that, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got, and we've got lots of places that people can find this podcast. I, if, if I recall, I think you're
1: right. Um, if you go to um, any of your podcasts, uh, platforms, whether that's iTunes, whether it's tune in radio, whether it's blog talk radio um, whether it's overcast or stitcher or even spotify uh, look for rocket sports radio rocket sports radio uh, you search on that and you can you'll find uh, this podcast as well as three other podcasts put out by the rocket sports team Uh, and uh, you subscribe there and you'll get all notifications about all four podcasts and uh, your 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 hockey enjoyment will be fully covered.
0: Love it! It's like one stop shopping, right? Mhm. It is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us again this week. It was uh, it was an exciting uh, weekend of hockey, which we were uh, kind of chomping at the bit to talk about. Uh, so we're glad that you joined us today. Uh, be sure to interact with us on Twitter uh, and on social media. Follow along on Facebook and Instagram as well, um, and stay warm and safe out there uh, throughout this little frigid spell that we're having here. Rick, thanks so much for being here again this week. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, couldn't do without without you. It was a it was a fun weekend uh, for the Rocket Sports team and another great episode of From the Press Box today.
1: Glad to be here, and we'll see you next week. And keep on wishing. Remember, your dream is your only scheme. So keep on.